You're listening to episode 38 of the Walking Closer podcast. something happens, do you mostly respond or do you react? Do you even see a difference? Welcome to the Walk Closer Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Como, and this is what we're going to discuss today. Responding or reacting? Which one are you? Sit back, relax, enjoy this episode. Two words that are often used interchangeably. In our minds, we see them as being synonymous. Is there a difference? I believe there is. That's what I want us to unpack over the next couple of moments. Let's first of all talk about reaction. When we, when we are reactive, when we react to something, it's instinctual, it's instant, it's without thinking. We might say it was very natural. We say things like this is an, that was an immediate reaction. Our reactions are driven by the unconscious mind. Our reactions are based simply just on the moment without consideration for future consequences of the long-term effects. We're not looking at the bigger picture. When we're reacting, we are in a place where we are least in control. The unconscious mind, the, it, it is essentially running the show. Uh, it, and then when we say the unconscious mind, we're talking about our underlying beliefs, the assumptions, the fears, the biases, etc. Things that we're probably not even aware of. They are in control. And in reality, we lose control. In fact, when it comes to a reaction, we tend to regret reactions more than responses. When we operate mainly from this place, we tend to be more judgmental. We tend to operate out of fear, embarrassment, guilt, jealousy, anger. More, We become more defensive and uncomfortable, sporadic even. Our emotions basically take center stage, and physically we feel different. In specific instances, you might begin to feel your stomach turn or ache, right? You get hot, you start sweating, sweaty palms. Uh, you feel your hair rising, as it were. Uh, so that gives you an idea of what a reaction is. That's what happens. You can, and no doubt in your mind, you can picture specific scenarios wherein the reaction would happen or take place. So let's talk about the opposite. Let's talk about a response. What's a response? Response, different from reaction. It's a conscious choice. It comes a little slower than a reaction, though. It's because it, it's, it's being more thoughtful. There's a more reasoning behind what we say or what we do, which is why we say things like that was a thoughtful response. It has the power to change the direction of the interaction for the better as opposed to, you know, well, when you react, typically, not all the time, but typically, uh, we things can get worse. At least it has the more propensity to get worse. But not when you respond. When we respond, we're more in control. It has the power to change the direction of the interaction or of the situation for the better. It could, because it takes into consideration many things like What's the best way to handle this? How is this going to affect those around me? Are there any consequences or long-term effects, right? Uh, it's more seeing the bigger picture. Uh, it's going to feel different from a reaction, right? It, it tends to be more civil and positive. We are more in control, being more intentional and thoughtful. We listen, right? And not only do we listen, but in those moments, we're able to actively listen, learn, and we grow as human beings. And all those things inform how we, res- how we respond, right? It, it, they inform... Not just our thoughts, but the things that we say and what we do, uh, which helps to, well, us address the situation in the appropriate way. So, 
obviously, from these two depictions, I think you would agree that we would be better off if we did more responding than reacting. So how do we become more responsive than reactive? Well, a key to doing this is mindfulness. What do we mean by mindfulness? Well, mindfulness is the ability to be present in the moment. Uh, That is, being aware of what's going on, being able to remain calm and not overreact or be overwhelmed by what's going on around us. You, when you're, you're you're mindful, you are being aware uh, of what you're experiencing through your senses right? and, and your state of mind, that is your thoughts and your emotions. And intentionally, you're able to respond in a way that is appropriate to the situation. Okay, it's what the New Testament writers are talking about when they say things like. Uh, be self-controlled and be sober-minded. Sometimes we see this word sober and we think it's just a prohibition against alcohol. While we can use the mind as it is intoxicated on on alcohol or any other substance as an illustration of this very thing, that's not specifically what he's talking about. When Peter, 1 Peter 4, 7 says, be self-controlled and be sober-minded. Okay, self-control. I think we know what that means, but also don't forget this. Self-control begins in the mind. Then he says, be sober-minded. Being sober-minded is the ability to be calm and collected, regardless of what's going on around you. Being able to rise above the tension and be able to handle the situation in the most appropriate way. That's what we're talking about here. Uh, Peter says it in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, where he says, prepare your minds for action and being sober-minded. It's a part of, of having the mind of Christ. Uh, consider how, <laughs> when you look at how Jesus responded in the circumstances, and how he would he probably would have, how, how, how he responded and how we probably would have or, or even do respond under similar circumstances. Think about how Jesus was able to maintain composure and uh, stay grounded and respond in the most appropriate way. Right, that's what this is about. Um, so, how do we do that? Right? How do how do we get there? Well, it's not always a black and white thing. Right? It's not always just a one, two, three, giving you a checklist of things that you can do. It's a process, and it is a journey. It's a journey of understanding, of gaining wisdom and 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 clarity, really. Um, but what are some of the things that we can do in the moment, though? Okay, uh, for ourselves, or even if we're able to help someone else who is in the moment and they begin to react, or we might say overreact. Um, really, it's all about regaining control, right, and concentration in the moment when we when we lose it. So, what are some things that we can do for ourselves, and uh, or even maybe? in helping out other people who are being more reactive as opposed to responding. Um, And I'm not going to give you a full list of things to do because you're not going to remember any of them. That's the reality. I'm trying to give you something very easy and very simple uh, that you can grab a hold to and pay attention to. So here's what it is. Simply, and before you write this off after I say this, just, just hear me out. Pay attention to your breathing. Yeah, that's it. Pay attention to your breathing. If you're in the moment and things escalate and the tensions are there, you feel the anxiety, you feel the rush of anger, you feel the blood pressure, whatever it is that you're experiencing in the moment, 
where our emotions are beginning to take center, center stage, and there you're going to lose control. How do you regain your focus? How do you bring yourself back? Right? How do you regain your concentration? Pay attention to your breathing. Because when you pay attention to your breathing, it helps to bring out, uh, it helps to bring out, uh, bring, bring our, our, our thoughts under control, especially if they are just going wild, right? 90 miles an hour. Uh, it can help calm our system down and bring us back from the emotions that have removed us, right? And then as you breathe, release the tension, and you could feel the tension, right? It might be in your hands, could be in your face, maybe your mouth. You might be grinding your teeth. Um, your eyes may be uh, just wide open or your, your forehead may be crunched. Um, maybe your shoulders are, are, are extremely tense. In those moments, release the tension. As you breathe, you're able to come take notice of how you're feeling, what your body is doing, uh, pay attention to that. You know, hands can get sweaty and we start rubbing our hands on our legs or wiping them off on a napkin or, or whatever. Um, we uh, pay attention to what's tense. Okay. You start relaxing your shoulders, relaxing your jaw. Uh, all of this helps us really pay more attention to what is being said and uh, what's happening and how things are being said, and all these can help inform basically how we respond to things, right? And it does help us. It doesn't fix everything. It doesn't mean that we won't lose control, right? But we're talking about in the heat of the moment, what to do, right? Um, and really what's happening is we're losing sight of the bigger picture. And in that moment, something has triggered us, and it's tunnel vision, and it's a one-thing, uh, one-track mind. And we're just responding very, really, out of the overflow of the heart. And so when we lose control like this, uh, in those moments, paying attention to your breathing. Yeah, that, that's, that's the thing to do. Uh, very recently, I had experience with this. I had a tragedy in my own family. And uh, one of my sisters uh, was not handling things uh, and, uh, very well and, you know, understandably. I'm not sure I would have handled them as well as she did in those moments. You know, it's one thing to be not, not be the person in that moment, and it's another thing to be the person in that moment. Uh, luckily, I was able to, in those moments, help her to concentrate, especially there were several times where she, her emotions would overcome her in a way that I have never seen in her before. Um, and... In those moments, the only thing that I can think to do would help her pay attention to her breathing. Take deep breaths in and out. Once she was able to maintain control over her breathing, okay, and then it was after that, that not only she, but I as well, um, was able to say things that need to be said, do things that need to be done, and help her to regain her her pose composure in in that moment um so there's lots of reasons behind why our breathing that we can go into why it helps us to calm our systems down and what it what it potentially can do for us um and i think that it's a simple and easy thing to remember especially if we find ourselves being people who do more reacting than responding 
Um, especially when things begin to escalate. If you constantly find yourself doing things that you regret, responding in ways, uh, well, in reality, you're just reacting uh, in ways that, you know, you're going to regret later, that you have, you have to apologize, you have, you have to make amends, you feel, you know, that uh, you have to do things to make it up to people. Well, in those moments, what can help you from doing it? Well, first of all, obviously being conscious of the fact that this is a problem for you. But secondly, in the moment, pay attention to your breathing. And if you're a person who is in the situation with someone else, that's something that you can do as well. Uh, it's trying to, it, it's all about remembering the bigger picture, okay? Helping people to see the bigger picture, what's going on and how it fits in a larger scheme of their life. You do the same. Uh, oftentimes in those moments, though, we don't have that kind of composure and we need external help. We need people to help us, right? And so if that's if you're that person, help someone see the bigger picture. Remind them, okay, what, what's going on, how it fits in a larger scheme of their life. You know, whether or not this is even that big of a deal, whether it's that important of an issue, um, if it is or if it isn't, uh, regardless, right, to respond in the appropriate way is going to take some regaining of control, composure, uh, coming back down to, in this present moment right now, how to respond in such a way that helps me navigate through this issue in the best way the best way possible. And that, that's extremely important. So helping them see the bigger picture and navigating people through those situations uh, is a helpful thing. And quite honestly, it, it starts with the breathing. Um, it starts with the breathing. So uh, let's talk about, though, some preventative measures, right? How can I prepare myself before I am in the situation? Well, quite honestly, it's all about staying grounded or centered. It's about living out of a place of peace and mindfulness, right? Uh, remember, mindfulness is the key here. For Christians, we learn, we learn to dwell and even live from that place, of mindfulness and peace through seeking intimacy with God, an intimacy that, that comes through prayer. Um, and obviously, it can come through a lot of other things, and we'll hit on that uh, throughout time, but intimacy that comes through prayer. And when I say prayer, I'm not talking about this checklist kind of prayers where we have some, you know, few pleasantries, and then we get those out of the way and lay out of our demands. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, what I'm talking about is what I believe Jesus was referring to in Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 5 through 8. Consider the, some of the things that he said about prayer. He had two things that jumped out at me. He says, go into your room and shut the door and pray in secret. Right? And obviously that's in line with the fact that you had some religious leaders who were basically praying just to be seen, period. That's what it was about. It was a portrayed holiness, not an actual, genuine, authentic you know, uh, holiness or, or a place of, of piety. So he says, go into your room, shut the door, and pray in secret. Don't be like them. Okay. Then he says this. He says, um, oh, and by the way, don't pray like pagans who spend their time trying to get the God's attention, whoever, whichever God it was. He says, you don't have to do that. Uh, you already got God's attention. He, he's, he's already fixed on you. Your father, he says, already knows what you need before you ask him. I find that interesting. Go into your room and shut the door and pray in secret. Your father already knows what you need before you ask him. So my question would obviously be, then why pray? And whenever I had asked that question, it was coming from the perspective of, 
what I had been trained to think about prayer, what prayer was and how to pray. So why pray if you don't know, right? Well, the answer is this. It's quite simple. It's because it's relational. Prayer is relational. Even if you're asking for things, right, it's representative of a relationship when you trust and depend and rely upon one that you feel like you have, you can seek out, right, and receive the help that's needed. So it's, it's a relational thing, right? Prayer is an internal thing where we seek to enter, as it were, the chambers of the heart. He says, go into your what? Into your room. Some translations say closet and close the door. This is not something that's meant to be done, you know, for the purpose of being seen by people because you're missing the point. Why? Because the point is it's an internal thing where we seek to enter the chambers of the heart, right? Removing ourselves from the fringe, as I like to refer to it. The fringe, what do I mean by that? The realities that are filled with the false self. The false self, the example that's given here in this particular section is the Pharisees praying to only portray piety. That's a false self. It's, it's all about the image that they want to set forth for everyone to see, right? And it's driven by how they want people to see them. So we remove ourselves from that reality, the realities that are filled with the false self, the, fri- the, 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 the fringe. And then we do that, right? And we also remove ourselves from even the facades that we create. Right? Because you know, in the cool dawn of the morning, when it's just you looking in the mirror, yeah, the you who makes the choices and the decisions, and you have to face with who you really are and what you know, what you know you have done, who you know you really are. Right? Going into the secret chambers of the heart removes us from all these false realities, and we go to that place where it's just you and God. Just you and God and the desires of your heart, good or bad. You and God, right? And we, we can learn to spend time where all the distractions, e- even the garbage in our own hearts, just simply rises to the surface and we leave them behind by sinking deeper into these chambers, as it were, of the heart. And we learn, we learn to get comfortable with who we really are in that place, seeking to just... Be with God. Yeah, seeking wisdom and, and understanding, all those things will come. And it's about repeatedly going back to that space by cultivating this practice of prayer where it becomes that space you want to be. And along the way, we learn how to do all there and even live from that space where it's just, just us and God. Of course, and that space is going to be different because it's removed from all the facades. It's, it's who we really are. And of course, there are other ways to seek out this intimacy with God, you know, right? through worship and song, various uses of Scripture, and it's tons of other things that we can talk about. But, you know, this concept of prayer is something that has been on my mind and on my heart um, for quite some time. And um, I think it's something that we have a tendency to overlook because of our narrow view of what prayer, what prayer is. It's resting in the arms of God, going into the closet, right? In the presence of the one who already knows what your needs are. And you're there, 
knowing that he already knows. He already knows. Well, and we also, also, obviously, I think it should go without saying, need to engage the process of transforming our hearts, our character, and taking on the mind of Christ by you know, being genuine disciples of Jesus. That's what this podcast is kind of really comes down to. That's what this is all about. Being transformed into the image of Jesus, right? Absorbing his character, taking on the mind of Christ, the mind that we have, just becoming more awakened to it, coming alive to it, being born from above, right? The eyes being open, the ears being able to listen, the hearts being able to embrace and receive. That's what this is all about. And so, you know, obviously, if we want to become people who are more responsive, I believe we need to be people who engage the process of transforming the hearts, being disciples. That's what happens. That's one of the blessings of this, being able to maintain composure, be like Jesus, and respond accordingly, rising above the chaos, no matter what's going on around us. So next episode, we want to continue our discussions, but I want to hit on the fight or flight modes, often referred to as the fight or flight response. And so some very interesting things to note about that that I think will be helpful for us, at the very least, helping us understand what's going on um, when certain things happen, we find ourselves in certain situations, and we are reactive. So that's next time. Thanks for listening. Please consider subscribing to this podcast and miss an episode if you like what you heard share with others who might benefit if you have any questions drop me an email adam at walkingposter.com join me next time as we explore becoming like jesus from the inside out